I was once told that Americans are the only people in the world that bite into an olive expecting there to be no pit inside. <laughs> I don't eat olives. So. I actually believe that. That sounds like a very American thing. Well, we have so many processed foods where they just tell us, here, stick this in your mouth and don't worry, we took the nuts out or the seeds out or whatever. <laughs> here, stick this in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well... <clears throat> Yeah, John, it has been a while. A lot, a lot of things have happened. Um, let's see, since we last recorded, since I last saw you, I haven't even talked to you because you don't ever. It's impossible to get you to communicate with me. I, have you not seen my calendar? No, I haven't. I don't. I'm not your. I'm not your secretary. I don't manage your calendar. From the moment I get up in the morning and start my day, I am on the phone until five or six. On rare occasions, I find a meeting. A meeting will end early, okay. and I find okay. some time to All shove right. food in my mouth. Yeah, you're over constrained. <sighs> yes. This is why you get stuck in a rut where you don't get to, you don't have time to learn new things. You get behind on stuff, and yeah, Cause yeah. Because after I'm done with the calls, have, I still have to do real work. You have to have <laughs> you have to plan in slack time, especially in our business. If you're a and I to extend this to whether you're a developer or a, a Salesforce admin, like you have to have slack time because you're working in this space. Anything nowadays, I mean, that's where it's any space, but particularly this one where it's things are changing so often. Yeah, that you've just you've got to, to have time to to do, to do your trails, John. Your trailheads. Your, yeah. They're not trailheads. They're um, you got to go get trails, your badges. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Thanks. So I didn't have to do the soundboard. Oh, I can't do it. Like, um, oh, what's her name? What's her name? Oh, you asked me, so I don't know now. I know. Um, Chris Duarte. Yeah, there you go. Can't do a good Duarte impression. Get your badges. Well, that person did. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, so l- what all has happened? Um, I swear there's been a ton of tech, it's like tech conference time. When So there was um, Microsoft, was it Build? Oh, was that a thing? Yeah, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, was Build? Or I haven't had a chance to look up. I know, I know. Oh, no, you're not going to know anything. I mean, you're completely in the dark. No, I need you to catch me up because I'm so well, out, of, out of touch. I've been, I'm almost as out of touch as you are. So there was Microsoft Build. There was, um, did GitHub have a conference or was that part of Microsoft Build? I can't remember now. TDX, obviously. Google I.O., which was seems to be mainly phone and Android stuff nowadays. Google I.O. used to be like a developer conference, and now it's... Mm. I guess, I don't know, Google has... They've got separate tech conferences that are more that are more like general tech-related cloud and stuff. Speaking of Google Cloud, they made a big acquisition today, and they bought... So the, their, their new CEO, Thomas Kurian, who used to be at Oracle forever, mm-hmm. um, he bought, uh, or they bought under his tutelage, um, they bought, uh, what are they called? What's it called? Lookup? No. Yeah, Lookup. Is it Looker? Looker. Looker. Everybody likes a Looker. Well, what, what does Looker do? I've Looker, heard of Looker. Looker.com. Um, they are kind of like, um, they're a BI kind of analytics thing, almost like a Tableau or what does Salesforce buy or do they build? I can't remember. You no, know. they bought, uh, well, I don't know. They bought, I think they built. Well, they built, Wave was built internally, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think. But more of a general purpose, so like a Tableau or a <clears> click, <throat> click Tools. But apparently they were good and really valuable because Google paid like $2.5 billion for them. Jeez. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, let's see, what else? I swear there's some other other conferences. But anyway, last stuff is fast. Um, what, were the, what was the big news? Uh, one of the big things was, did you hear about this GitHub? Um, what is it? Uh, crap. It's basically where people you can donate... You can pay people on GitHub now. It, uh, you can to, to hire them just to like support their work. Um, oh, what's it called? I forget now. 
Um, God, get down past so much news. Like a tip jar or something <clears throat> for them, or yeah. There's also this. I don't know if this is new or not. I've never used it, but GitHub has their own. It's they call it package registry, but I, I guess it's like they're it's like a binary repository. So like like an npm or a you know um, Nexus or Maven Central, whatever it's called. That type of thing. JFrog. Uh, JFrog's, uh, what's that? Artifactory? Is that their um, binary? Or Bintray? Yeah, but they've got their own now. I've always wondered, it seems weird, but since since not only do people use GitHub for code and issues and community and all that, but they people also, like, you can manage your releases on GitHub. It's just like there was no... There's no... GitHub didn't handle that part, though, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have downloadable binaries now, which is something that's relatively new, but I guess the really newest thing is full on like repositories. Anyway. <clears throat> no, what did um God, what was their news? I can't remember, but it's I can't remember what they called it. GitHub payments or something like that, or subscriptions or anyway, but that that was a big deal. Apparently not that big of a deal since neither of us know about it. What are you, who are yeah. you who are you typing with over here? I'm trying to find it. That sounds really uh, interesting. Yeah. It'll it'll make me want to contribute to GitHub more. <laughs> um anyway. Oh, GitHub Sponsors. There it is. Announcing GitHub Sponsors. It's a new way to financially support the developers who build the open source software that you use every day. Nice. So, yeah, that's cool. It's almost, I mean, it's, I guess it's like a Patreon, except there's all the money. There's no, there's no middleman taking a, their, their VIG. <laughs> is that the word? I guess. Um, apparently, just 100% of the money goes to whoever you're paying. Because I do Patreon for several podcasts <clears throat> that I listen to. Um, but I think there's a, I think Patreon takes a cut, you know, it's probably not much 5% or something, but I'm guessing way. Yeah. But no, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, there's definitely people that I would like to throw some bucks to. And if GitHub makes that easy, that'd be awesome. <clears throat> anyway, um, I wanted to tell you about, cause well, I don't think we talked about this on the show, but you know, you'd always talk about your steak and peppers, steak and peppers, you know, I love like my steak your, and I peppers. And so, so for people don't, who don't know. So the way you do steaks is you've got a, uh, Charcoal grill set up outside. Yeah. And you just throw the steaks on there and you buy the, what are they? Poblanos, right? Yeah. You buy these big, fresh Poblanos, the, you know, big green ones. Yeah. And you just put them on a really hot grill and you just cook them kind of for a long time until they just get all black, black. all over, right? Yeah. You want them black. Right. Yeah. It seems like you're burning them, but you're not. I mean, the skin's burning, but then it just, that, that super thin exterior layer just peels right off, right? right. And so I was not cooking on an actual grill outside. So I just pulled out my grill pan. And put it on a pretty, you know, pretty hot setting on the on my gas range, mm-hmm. and I threw the poblanos on there, and I let them cook for a while, and they blistered quite a bit and everything. But I mean, and then what I did was this, when like after probably like twenty or thirty minutes they were on there, um, I put them in a big bowl and just covered it up so that this it oh, the so steam steamed, went, yeah. and even even with that, like twenty minutes later, I go to peel them, they won't peel at all. Like that, all that <laughs> blistered, gross skin was just yeah, wouldn't come off at all. So I just threw them away. You just threw them away? Yeah, there was nothing to... You couldn't eat... They were inedible. They're editable. Ed- editable. <laughs> They're ed- edible. <laughs> no, they were read-only. They were not editable, John. <laughs> read-only peppers. Yeah. <laughs> Look, don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to try... I got to try it again, but I got to... I have to have a different cooking method. Maybe, yeah. Maybe on the grill next time. I did experiment because it's been a while. I've, I've been doing a reverse sear on my steaks for so long that I decided to sear and then... Well, norm, normal sear. Normal sear and grill. Mm-hmm. And I just really still like the reverse sear because when you're, when you do the reverse sear, you're, so I split my grill in half 
not literally, but I had the hot coals on one side and yeah. none on the other side. Mm-hmm. Put that on, cover it, and and let the meat get to temperature. And then I move them over to the hot side and sear them. What that does is because I use like uh, briquettes that have like uh, chips in them, so that you do get a bit of smokiness. Yeah. So when you let that do that, you really get that smoke infusion into the food. Mm-hmm. When I seared it and then did it the opposite, I didn't get that smoke infusion. So it was it was was good, but I didn't get that flavor profile that I wanted. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of who it was. It was Epicurious or <clears throat> one of these. Somebody did a fairly scientific it was amazingly scientific um comparison of the pre-sear and the post-sear mm-hmm. and the post-sear one i mean they, they they weighed the meat like the raw meat ahead of time mm-hmm. and then once they were done cooking they measured they weighed them again to see which one lost more moisture <clears throat> and the despite the whole oh, sear, yeah. uh, searing seals and juices right <laughs> right it lost more weight yeah. the pre the pre-sear lost more mm-hmm. weight yeah I've also learned that uh, you, you get the temperatures of what your meat should be, but you really have to learn what your meat is going to be. You have to think fourth dimensionally. You got to, Marty McFly, think, think in the fourth dimension. You got to take them off early because you got to let them rest and they're going to keep cooking. They're going to they're gonna move in temperature a little bit. Yeah. And, and the more massive the meat is, the more carryover there will be. That's why, I like, you know, um, a big rib roast or <clears throat> even turkeys, or I mean, they'll have, they'll have 10 degree carryover. Yeah. Because there's so much excessive heat on the outside that will, is still going to transfer into, into the more inner parts of the meat. Right. How many times have we said meat, do you think, so far? It's starting to sound strange. It's a very meaty show. <laughs> it is. Oh, I, there's just so many things. I feel like... Um, oh, Apple? Were you impressed by anything by Apple? I, should we... Should we um, I think so, although I just, for the first time yesterday, was able to peek my head up from under my rock and mm. look at some Apple stuff. But should we go in chronological order here and start with like the because we haven't talked about the the permission per, per, permission again or what do they call it permageddon? Yeah, I was kind of figuring that was going to be a bigger topic, so I thought we'd get the quicker ones out of the way. That's fine. I like don't care. Apple. So Apple. Um, what did I like? Well, there's well, they Mac didn't, Pro. I mean, that was that's the big news. Right? I, I like the direction. I, it does look like a big cheese grater, <laughs> but it still look good. But people love nice. the cheese grater. Yeah. I mean, why you know, you know why not bring a, a new sleeker you know new design of the cheese? Well, I think grater. people that's loved it, it because you had expandability. You had thermal. Well, it was designed for for uh, yeah, like a to, workstation, right? Yeah, it was yeah. designed to handle the thermals. Basically, I'm trying to know what word I'm trying to say, but I mean, it's meant to try to move air in and diffuse heat using through the body of it. Yep. So. And I think the trash can one did that well, but the trash can one just had that was that was the ultimate of form over function. They sacrificed so much. No, not think, thermal because it thermally I think it was still pretty awesome. The airflow that thing had. I think in in theory it did, but I don't think over time it did. Really? Yeah. I mean, just the the limited expansion on that. Yeah. It's, it seems like they designed this new one. I mean, people were bitching about the price, but and I haven't because it starts at fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah. But before they announced before they announced the price, I mean, a lot of the experts on douchey tech podcasts that I listen to. I mean, half of the, half of the predictions were higher than that. Mm. So it's not like this was a shocker of a price. Right. Um, it's just, you know, the, the, the monitor and the freaking stand is a shocker in price. It may be. I can't, the, I'm not going to spend it. What is it? A thousand or a hundred? It's a hundred or oh, the stand. The stand's a thousand bucks. Yeah. It's a thousand. Nine ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's leave that aside for a minute though, because the computer itself, though, I mean, six grand for, and I think it comes, reasonably equipped for that. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, you can upgrade, I'm sure, the hell out of it. and I bet you can get it up to 20 grand easily. What'd you do, John? Sorry, my power cable came out and I had no battery. Sorry. 
that's what I'm talking about when I talk about USB-C. Imagine if that was my audio connection. Yeah. Show would be over. Yeah. If you just breathe towards your USB-C connection, <laughs> they come unplugged. Anyway, um, yeah, so $59.99 for a starting price, I, I don't think is that bad. And, and it's one of those things also when people bitch about how, and not, not that some of Apple's stuff isn't overpriced. Some of it is. And especially as, as certain models age, you know, Apple tends to not lower the price of them at all. It's like, this particular model, as it's spec, is not worth near what it was a year ago when they announced it, but they'll still be selling it for the... They do not reduce prices, even though RAM's gotten cheaper, all these things have gotten cheaper to make. Mm -hmm. You know, but of course, why, do you, why would you reduce the price if you don't have to? Yeah. I mean, Salesforce doesn't get any cheaper, and theoretically, Salesforce should be benefiting from all kinds of new technology, from, from cheaper hardware to data center technologies and cloud technologies. They have certainly have dramatically reduced their cost of operating Salesforce. Have they passed any of that on? Hell no. Why would they? Well, no. I They're mean, still signing up new customers like crazy. The market is telling them that they don't need to lower their price. Well, it's, it's, it's a matter of either lowering your prices or you take that money and you continue to do R&D and yeah. innovation or attempt to innovate. And, and Apple's case, so I, actually, I, mean, I actually think that they, they probably, they're probably not listening to legitimate market signals on some of these things and they don't lower price, but... But anyway, out out of the gate, though, I mean, I think a lot of these products are more fairly priced than what sometimes people give credit for. Mm. <laughs> Meaning, if you do an apples to apples comparison to the as close as you can get to a competitor's equivalent model, meaning it's got to be it's got to be something with. And I know there's been you know, the, the keyboard and some of these things. There's been egregious mm. uh, sins on Apple's part. But in general, when you think about the uh, the lifetime of Apple, the, the credit that people give them for their build quality, and I think I do think overall, like they do have exceptional build quality. Um, if if you compare an, an, another machine that's got you know comparable build quality and comparable specs, including screen resolution and quality of the display, that's another thing people don't take into account sometimes. Is these the quality of the display is it's not just about resolution. It's there's a lot of other things that go in that go into it, the color accuracy. Um, the, the color uniformity, the backlight, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you do, if you get as close as you can to apples to apples, a lot of times um, the Apple products will end up being uh, priced fairly well, actually. In some cases, cheaper than what, you know, like the, the HP or, or the Lenovo, if you can find that in their top of the line machines. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those are more expensive. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the market for a pro machine. I'm not. It's, it's not, it's not it's, it's, me. I need, a, I need a new laptop though. I mean, if I did that type of stuff, and uh, I just don't need that. Yeah, and I mean, I could, I, I need a new laptop. I mean, I can't, I want to get rid of this keyboard. Plus, I mean, yeah. it's been we've suffered with this for what, two, two or three years now. Three years, three years. Next year would be four. Yeah. So there's no announcement about new MacBook Pros. Which uh, I'm anticipating one for next year. I'm hope or late towards the end of the year. I'm sorry, like around September. I also need a um, I need them to release the new Apple TV because I really want an Apple TV, but I'm not going to buy one right now. Yeah, because Mac buyers too, guys says not to buy them. Yeah, I <laughs> kind of want one too. Um, okay, so that's uh, what else? What else? What, what were the well, other? Well, the OS was the big thing. The iPad OS, which oh yeah, so that's not called iOS anymore. It's just, it, it, well, I, yeah, it's called iPad OS. But I think what bothered me and probably a lot of other people is that we were starting to see this kind of merging of the OSs. You know, we had more and more app, OS like applications showing up on Mac and. They were they were kind of coexisting, and I guess the idea has always been, at least for a lot of us, that pretty soon the OS would merge, and we'd have one OS that could span across all of them. 
all your devices and you'd have the, the cross compatibility that came with that. And we still kind of do to a certain extent, we're still getting there. But the fact that they're branding an, an, an OS specific for iPad kind of feels like we're, we're carving out another segment in the OS now. And now there's something else to worry about. But um, I get it, though. I mean, it's going to have some, very, some, some features very specific to it, which is kind of a blending of mobile device specific stuff with, you know, the, the ability to kind of multitask with that screen size and the hardware. Yeah. So, and I don't know if you were talking about this, but what's the um, what's the Apple framework? Well, I can't think of the name of it. Um, it's on the tip of my brain. But the UI kit. No, they branded a new one. They so they have a new UI kit to support all this as well. Forgot what it's called, but so this this is probably a broader framework. But it it actually it's the thing. It's the technology that allows you to write an app that targets all their operating systems: Mac OS, yeah, iOS. It's the UI um, kit thing. No, no. There's a yeah. Nope. There is a there's a name for it. Someone in the, if there's anyone listening live, let us know. Um, oh, what's the name of it? Damn it. <laughs> anyway, no, there's a, I know I can, I, what would you, how would you Google that? I don't know. Um, anyway, no, no dead air, John. I'm sorry. I'm trying to try to search because this, this is, this is one of the things I should know off the top of my head, but I don't. why? Why would you know? You're you live under a rock. Yeah, you don't have any slack time. I love anything about design and UI and all those kind of things. Now, I think this this kit is more than just UI concepts. It's it's the interface for interacting with the phone itself and all those kind of things. So it could be this really a core feature. I forgot what it's called. We do get dark mode. Though. Marzipan. Marzipan. Uh, that's not what I was thinking then. Yep. So Marzipan is a. SDK that allows you to write cross-platform apps across Mac OS I, and all devices. iOS, I think even Apple TV, but I could be wrong. Hmm. And it's very real. People, I think people are using it, right? I think it's out there. Anyway, well, so what was the other Apple news? Anything uh, exciting for you? I think that was the only things I really picked up on. Um, I can't think of anything else that jumped out at me. I guess, the, did they talk about uh, the subscription service or anything like that in the event? I, I had to list, watch all this kind of post so I didn't get to sit, actually sit and watch it, but I don't know. Either way, yeah. let's move on. I don't know. Um, there were some cool, oh, there's some cool CarPlay stuff, like a dashboard. I don't know. Nothing major, though. Yeah. There's a, oh, I, there's something uh, that'd be interesting to you. You can track your period now on your, uh, on your phone <laughs> or on, uh, I think, on the Mac. Well, that's good. On your uh, watch or phone, I think, yeah. That's good. It's good to yeah, be healthy. That's good if you're trying to get pregnant or trying not to or yeah. whatever. That's what happened to me. You got pregnant? Yeah. Got <clears> pregnant <throat> and had to get intimately involved with every aspect of my wife's body. <laughs> that's not a horrible cut. <laughs> Should not have said that. Well, let's get to the outage then. Yeah. I'm I'm curious just from a from a high level topic, how how much of a topic was that at TDX? By I Salesforce. Hear, uh, hard, oh, zero. Zero. It's, it was persona non grata. Really? It, it didn't happen. It Never didn't happened. exist. I found it. I, you know, maybe, you maybe know I'm not reading the right things, but I noticed the media in general was fairly silent on it as well. 
I mean, yeah, you had like there were small summer, little uh, tiny blogs uh, that were talking about it, but I mean, no, yeah, none like of the, the major, red, the red like when Salesforce rebrands something, like everyone out of their woodworks is crawling out with a freaking thing and your newsfeed is pinged everywhere. We got this new thing. It's lightning plus, 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 plus. Or, or if they fix their, their, <laughs> what are their pay, their pay gap. Yeah. I mean, you just, and time. my feed is just flooded with, it. I can't, yep. I can't avoid it. You can't actually find real news. But actually. <laughs> this happened. And I'm, I'm not saying that I want it to be a, a, a scar on their face, but it was just, there was really no media coverage. There was not, no. But I mean, in all fairness, I mean, how much coverage do, do other system outages get? Probably not much. Unless they're using it to, as a leverage to talk about something else. So they want to talk the about. reason, and I, I'll, I'll take the opportunity to reference a, a Reddit post I saw on this. There's, there's a, there's, it, this is more than an outage. This was a massive data breach. It was not. It, you can't say that. How was it not a it massive data breach? It was not a data breach. breach. How is it not a massive data breach? For hours, tens of thousands, uncountable users had access to all kinds of data that they should not have access to. They didn't know. It was shut down by the time they... No, it was, it was four, it was like a minimum four hours. People were talking about how they noticed that every, everyone had modify all or whatever it was, permission. And it was, it was at least four hours before Salesforce did anything about it, before it even showed up anywhere. Okay, I guess you can call it data breach. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, no, it was, it was a mass. Anyway, let me read this. So this guy says, stop calling this an outage. I really cannot understand the amount of people calling this an outage. And frankly, I'm frustrated when people are so happy-go-lucky about Salesforce in general. Um, this was worse than an outage, first of all. Uh, as companies large as Salesforce should not ever, ever make a mistake like this. A faulty database script, really? Okay. So number two, it's not an outage. It's a data breach, which they contained by deliberately taking servers offline. The problem was they took them too long to do that. I mean... Well, how long it, it is too long? Are average. you going to say like four hours I mean, is too long or a minute is too long? Well, I mean, or? 30 seconds is too long. I mean, any yeah. time is technically too long. I mean, you don't want to have a data breach is a data breach. I mean, when you know that people were given access then to things they shouldn't have been. And then also when you don't have logging that's good enough to know whether people actually took advantage of that, that's even tougher. Because then you have to, from a security perspective, security policy, you have to assume that any data they had access to, whether they accessed it or not, was compromised. You, that's what you have to assume. Hmm. Number three, it's unclear how much time elapsed before they started unplugging servers. Um, there's pretty much no doubt this will necessitate a, t a t tidal wave of HIPAA, GDPR, and other privacy slash security investigations, as even a few minutes of data insecurity is more than enough to warrant such a thing. True. Uh, number four, it's been a 14-plus hour outage. Well, it ended up for a lot of people being many, many days of getting access, then having it taken away, then getting back access, then having it taken away. And then, then they actually ran the database scripts again and gave people modify all again when they had to shut those orgs down again. So it's like... I didn't know about that second part. The scripts actually, they got ran again? Oh, yeah. On, on, on some pods, uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if it's the same scripts, but they had the same effect. It gave people modify all again. Who had these keys? I don't know. I'm really curious. I'm, I just, I cannot fathom a, a script that would run that would do that. Just nonchalant. Here's here's a migration. Oh, I totally I'm, I'm assuming can. It's some kind of John, I've made this. I'm gonna say this exact kind of mistake, but I mean this this type of mistake. I've done things like this. I've accidentally deleted every row from a table because I forgot to put a where clause on my delete statement. I've done all these kinds of things. I mean, there's been famous examples over the past few years of what was the what was the big start? Was it GitLab or one of these services that the guy accidentally drops, or maybe it was just something that got famous on Hacker News. New on his job, accidentally drops the production database. And turns out, they didn't have an actual valid working backup of their, data, of their production database. And I think the company like, went out of business. 
And what was interesting was, you know, of course, his employer blamed it on him and fired him. And all the Hacker News comments were saying, actually, that was the company's fault. It was not your fault. They shouldn't have fired you. The fact that you were able to drop the database is the company's fault. The fact that they didn't have any kind of actual backup was the company's fault. Mm. I mean, the company did a number of things wrong that that all had to be in place to precipitate a, a, a failure like that that basically caused you to go out of business. So I can see how this kind of stuff, I know how, why this kind of stuff, why this kind of stuff happens. I mean, no, I, get I guess that. you have I just, to ask. I guess, I, I get that, but I see that in like, and yes, I've done things like that before. Just, I've done stupid things or just wrote a script and like you said, oh, it's you left going something to out. happen. It's but what right? I, I get, yeah, can we agree I with guess. that? Like that kind of stuff is going it's to happen. It's going to happen at any level. Yeah, I guess that's your point. And I it's guess. like, it's, it reminds me of like, you know, like a little bit of, of just the chaos engineering. Like you should just, if it's, you know, if you're, especially if you're running like cloud technology, like just every once in a while or have something that randomly is just regularly just shooting your, shooting your, your servers in the head to, guess, to make guess, sure that, that you can always recover from those kind of failures. I guess my only point is that anything modifying user accessibility, I, I thought would be a little more protected than, you know, here's a script that's going to run through and start updating a bunch of permissions. Yeah, I'm sure it was a script that was doing some kind of maintenance or maybe they were doing an, an internal like, data um, architecture migration, like from from an old kind of like an old format to a new format with new tables and, and things laid out differently. And it well, just... So what's Pardot's role in this? Because wasn't it a script that was written to support some It must Pardot have been thing? somehow related to Pardot because it was only orgs that had, that had Pardot or had ever had Pardot. And, and the question, I guess, is, you know, there's a lot of questions. I mean, how... Yeah, how did this not get tested better? Um, right, that's a big one. How did yeah. how did this not get tested better? And then how did you get how did you get run against so many pods before you realized it? Yeah. Well, how many pods were affected? Do you know? Oh, it was dozens. It looked like I mean, only, when you looked at the list, I can, you can't even count them. I mean, it looked like it looked like half of pods to me is what it looked mm -hmm. like. I, I could be wrong, I'm just, but just by eyeballing it, looked it looked like it had to be half. You know, and, and I think honestly, like the the thing, and, and again, so this kind of stuff's going to happen. What's unfortunate for Salesforce, um, so part of Salesforce's benefit, the whole multi-tenant thing, which gives them really incredible operating operating leverage, meaning you've got tons of customers in literally in one database, which is great because mm -hmm. it's you know nothing physical has to be done to spin up a new customer. I mean, that's what enables really how Salesforce has always done it, but even things like DX or in scratch orgs, you know, when, when you create a new scratch org, it's not, it's not saying, it's not doing like, you know, create schema, blah, 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 or anything like that. It's, it's just adding some tables to an existing database, a new, uh, to the org table, to the master org table or whatever, saying, oh, there's a new org here. Here's the type of it. And, and of course, all the, all the tables have, you know, like a, a column for the org ID or whatever, so that you're staying properly siloed into your own org. The extremely sharp other side of that sword, though, is when shit goes wrong. You're all in the same database, right? <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, there was no, there was no like cross. You know, I don't think there's any kind of like cross org data leakage. But it just goes to show you how one slip of the script, slip of the script, like that, and you could have cross org leakage. It, it reminds people that oh crap, this is the cloud, and we're all kind of. We're we're literally all in the same database, and I know there's different. Each pod has its own mm -hmm. main, you know, main database, or whatever. So you're not gonna. There's probably no cross pod issue, potential issues, but within your pod, I mean, 
any org that's in that database. If someone just has the wrong script or 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 finds a vulnerability, yeah, everyone's database is everyone's data is in that same database. And this is this is why people were scared from have originally were scared of. I mean, remember when you couldn't get any company bigger than ten people to even look at a SaaS CRM? That's why Salesforce started with essentially like what was Group Edition is what it was. Super basic, and only itty bitty companies would even consider doing it. Basically, because they didn't even they didn't understand the risk of it. They're like, "Oh, cool," <laughs> you know. They didn't understand the risks, and anyone who did understand the risks were, wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. It took a long time, and you got to give Salesforce a ton of credit for that. I mean, they really ushered in SaaS. I do, but I don't. And, I don't give these companies credit for, for acting like they're security experts either. I've, I've I've been in this business a long time to see enough data in Excel spreadsheets get passed around. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. Anyway, I guess just my point is, um, you know, Salesforce has to be particularly careful because there's still that risk of if someone does find a vulnerability, the, the database with thousands of companies' data is right there. You're, you're all connected to the same database. And also, if just accidentally some script goes wrong and you, all of a sudden in your org, you start seeing accounts and contacts and things that aren't in your org. Yeah. Again, I, I don't but. know. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of that happening, I will yeah. say, right? Yeah. And it, that may have happened. We don't know. But I've never heard of that happening, you know. I, I don't think it. I don't think it tarnishes Salesforce in any way because here, here's the what, crux what doesn't of it, tarnish them th- this event because here's the crux of it. If you're Mr. CIO, <laughs> you go Salesforce screwed up. I'm on the phone with them. I'm on it. I'm waiting for answers. Yeah. It's not. Uh, I'm talking to my hardware right. guys. We're trying to get the hardware. Trying to get the backup. We screwed this up. We screwed that up. Your your pressure is a lot less. Yeah, I mean, I agree. All the benefits of of outsourcing that it still exists it's even great. with an outage. It's a great time to be a CIO. Yeah, right isn't now, it? Isn't it? <laughs> you have to do shit, and you just you know you. you, you get, actually, I was had an interesting call with or uh, discussion in person in San Francisco with a CIO, and um, th- that's what we were talking about. How it's it's become so much of just a business function. You're a. I mean, you are. You do need to be like a. You're kind of like the IT. Kind of the knowledge, almost like a, a high-level knowledge leader, but also you're, you're connecting. Your job is basically to, to understand the business and help make business decisions based on what's what's feasible and and all the trade-offs of, of IT. But you don't actually have to do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to be a CIO now, John. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good. You know, I mean, back in the day, I mean, you had to. God, you were responsible for insane amount of arc, uh, infrastructure, and now it's just all outsourced. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, if this if this was outage, like you said, these things are going to happen, whether it's your your outsourced cloud or it's your private cloud. Which one are you sweating more bullets over? I mean, yeah, you're getting calls in both instances, but it's someone else's job to fix. Oh yeah, I'd much rather be someone else's job. Yeah, I don't like being responsible for any kind of hardware or anything anymore. <laughs> even even databases, um, I always, 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 always use like a database as a service. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, like if I'm in, if I'm in AWS, it's RDS or you know. Um, Roku, Postgres, yeah, whatever. your data's on someone else's computer. I'd much rather be there because honestly, and even though, I mean, they've, they've had, I, uh, Heroku, what's it? I don't know if it's recently or not, but they've, they've had a couple of fantastic Postgres issues. But again, I'd still would rather, much rather that be someone else's problem because they're going to be, I mean, Heroku's Postgres experts, I mean, their, their worst expert, least experienced worst expert is probably more knowledgeable on running Postgres than I am. So I'd, yeah, I'd much rather have their whole team taking care of my database than me. Oops, sorry. One. Yep. Um, yeah, a lot of these things that just make sense to have as services. I don't want to run my own memcache server. I don't want to, you know, there's a lot of things that these things I don't want to run myself. I want to run basically my my own app server, my own microservices. Your Docker lightweight container. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's what it's all it's all <laughs> Docker. It's Docker all the way down, that's for sure. 
So what about the communication? Because I, I think so, initially, I, I, I was giving them credit for some of the... No, I wasn't really trying to give them the credit for the fact that they had communication. You're, you're nicer than I am, I can tell you that. I, I guess I, I, what I do is I compare it to that original major incident, which probably was the first major outage, and they didn't have a very good way of disseminating information. And it was essentially you had like people like Benioff direct tweeting like CEOs of really big customers, and everyone else was kind of left without any kind of information. And now it seems like they do have a little bit more procedure around it. They have what they have webinars that are that are kicking off immediately and on regular schedule to try to disseminate information it may not be information you want to hear it may not be new news but at least you're, you have a channel where you can go and get some at least hear what's going on yeah so i'm giving them credit for that part okay that's the positive spin on it that's the positive spin on it that's my job <laughs> you leaving the negative to me yeah okay <clears throat> so the negative is here the first thing i saw about this was again a parker harris tweet okay i'm an admin in many orgs i'm set up with the email, um, the admin, the email address and all that. So this thing went on for, again, the four or five, six hours, and we had many clients affected. I mean, this put mm -hmm. us into a tailspin for at least a week. It just helping support clients. I right. will admit that I only had one customer impacted by it. Others in the company did have more customers, but my client was impacted minorly. You know, so I didn't really probably see a lot of what you, maybe you saw. So again, we had hours of data breach before we knew, before you, I even knew it was happening. And the way I found out it was happening by it was a Parker Harris tweet. Okay. So this is the problem they made with the whole NA14 debacle was they, they kind of tweeted a couple of things and that was basically the best information you can get. Trust was garbage. Status, what do we call it now? Status so you was garbage. Getting, you weren't, like if you go to help and there's an, in, an incident, it usually there's a big red You know how long it took for that to show up, for anything to show up? We're, we're, we're like laughing. We can't, we can't believe that there's nothing on trust. Well, yeah. Once it did show up, it's like it was it was useless. They were not updating it with reusable. So I looked at Google. Uh, Google Cloud had a somewhat minor, major, I don't know, outage the other day. It wasn't a data breach or anything like that. There's, there was some, there was some couple of their components were having some kind of outage problem. And I was looking at their status. And it's got all kinds of detailed stuff. And it says, here's where we're at. Here's the detail. It's either going to be fixed or we're going to let you know something else by 7.15. And sure enough, 7.15, another update with actual information. And Salesforce, they're just, they, it's like they didn't learn from the NA14. I mean, you had to, if you have a really good, if you're a big customer and you're AE, um, if you're very valuable to your AE, then they were probably feeding information to you. If not, then you didn't get any of that, right? Again, it's one of these things, there's so many areas with Salesforce where you have to be, you have to be well-connected. You want to know what the latest dev stuff is or these new features coming down the pike or anything? You've got to be well connected. I mean, you've got to have, and I'll just, and most people aren't. Most people aren't super important to Salesforce. There's a massive power imbalance between most, between Salesforce and most of its customers. What? That's so people don't, good. So people don't. Uh, the cloud was about democratizing yeah, the, right. the, the cloud. Right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the information flow just wasn't good. Uh, the, then they did the webinar thing, which, Seems uh, again an o an open webinar, right? Couldn't get on it. It was I go to join. I did hear that. Full. I did hear that that it was pretty full. So, w what became the best source of information is there were some. I don't know who was doing something. It was like some MVPs, or if it was just some. I think people were. I think there were multiple people contributing to it. But somebody created a Google Doc, and the people that were they were able to get into the, into the webinar and were getting information from their AEs and stuff. People, there was a community Google Doc that people were updating with the latest stuff. Aren't they? That was John. That was. By far, the most most detailed and up to date information there was, 
a Google Doc run by customers. Mm. And so that's that's what that's the part I would be critical of Salesforce for is how they ran that. That's the part. It's I not hope that someone made, to it's it not that someone made a mistake or they had an outage or even that there was a data breach because as much as you obviously have to minimize that type of thing, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and you. You, it's crazy to think that you'll prevent 100% of those type of things. You won't. It's, it's in so many ways how you handle it, both from a security perspective and everything, but also from a communication perspective. And I, I guess what I'm trying to give them credit for is that they did improve on the issues that they had previously with communications, but they didn't go far you enough. Think, how did they improve? Well, they had the webinar. They had, they had things set up. And they did webinars within A14, too. Yeah, but those were really late. Those were after... Those were like most of the information was coming from people like Parker and Benioff direct tweeting customers that yeah. we found out. There wasn't enough there wasn't enough dissemination of information to just the general public of customers, sorry. But I think this was one step better. I, I would have thought that they would have taken that and had taken a better initiative to create a program that would be far better than what they had this round. This was like proving out what the the steps that they did, and I don't think I don't think they proved it. Whatever they learned and whatever they said, this is how we need to effectively communicate when there is an issue like this out to their customers. Whatever they put in place is a is better, but it's not going far enough. It's still a failure, in my opinion. So here, here was the quote. I actually copied and pasted this from Trust, the thing that I was telling you about how they ran the wrong database scripts again. This actual quote. The automated provisioning to restore permissions has now been executed on all production instant instances. Following that fix, a, sub, a subset of users in affected orgs had their permission levels reset again, which gave them broader access than intended. And customers may experience service disruptions as we work through the removal of the inadvertent permissions in the affected customer orgs. And that was, I don't know, like Sunday or something like that, like two, like days later. Mm. Oh, so, I don't know. It, it definitely, I feel like it got swept under the rug and it's like, no, no, that ever happened. Um, I've heard, I've also seen people complaining that like, you know, they've, they've asked Salesforce into emails or whatever, but Hey, can we get like a credit for all of our downtime or whatever? And just no replies, no replies whatsoever. There's no SLA. <laughs> there is no SLA. And in fact, well, I mean, there's the, the standard is there's no SLA. Um, there are companies again, back to that power imbalance. If you're, you know, some, if you're like Procter and Gamble or Accenture or something, you probably have negotiated SLAs with Salesforce. And all kinds of custom things in your contract. Right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that level of privilege in your life, then no, you have no SLA. It can go away. It can go down. Sorry. Well, whatever doesn't kill you makes it stronger, right? <laughs> Which is just weird because back when I did do IT stuff and we use services, and whether it's just our, in our, our T1s or anything else, like there were always SLAs. We had SLA on every phone line, you know, every business line, like particularly the uh, the internet lines and the like the private the private line. What are they called? Lease lines and all that stuff. Those all had SLA. It's standard. You don't have to ask for it. Just yeah. all had SLAs always. Uh, and then um, like some of the services we. What was the big? What was it called before? It was called SaaS. Um, something. Ho uh, uh, it wasn't ISV and our ISP. It was. ASPs, application service providers. They basically would host your, that was the original kind of cloud stuff. It, they would, I mean, it, was, it wasn't cloud, it wasn't like virtualization technology, but they would have servers for you and they'd run your Microsoft Exchange or whatever it was on their servers in a, like a 
you know, like a, a da- some data center somewhere. Right. And those, we had SLAs on all, every, everything had SLAs. It's not a thing anymore. So what does an SLA do for you? Well, so <laughs> the it, it just compensates We agree you. that the outage is going to happen. I mean, if yeah, anything, because, you because get... There, well, there's a cost. If you can't access your CRM for two days, I mean, depending on what your size of company, that could cost you insane amounts of money. So you have to... It, it's What you're doing is you're defining damages in your contract. This is one of the things that people make a mistake on, on when they make contracts. If you don't define damages up front in the contract, and that's what SLAs do is they define... They, they predetermine, so you don't have to argue or sue each other over this. What happens if we, if we breach the contract in some way? Let's predetermine what that means for you, what, yeah, we, have, what we have to unless, do. Unless you're one of the big guys with the big lawyers who can really define that and negotiate that, and you just go with the default SLA, it's going to be in the company's favor anyway. So what are you really gaining? I was a small company. We were a $30 million a year company when I was buying some of these services. And I mean, I don't know. I didn't, we didn't do any kind of crazy negotiation. We just kind of took the SLAs they gave us, but they were good. I mean, we got like 3x our money back. Like if there was, I'm just making that, I don't know what the exact num- number was, but it was a multiple of what we would have been paying for that time for that outage. We got oh. that back. So, okay. I mean, yeah, it, it, the idea is that partly the, the conversation, but it's also partly punitive. Like it gives an incentive for the provider to, an additional incentive, right? To not go down, to, to perform the service the way they say they're going to. Again, we're running our business on it. Like, if you that stuff goes down, like, you're down. Yeah. And it's and you get egg on your face with your own customers. I mean, it just doesn't look good. It's not a good thing. So what is your answer to, to, to the communication issues? I don't know. This is not my area of expertise. I mean, I just think they, you know, no, you know trust has become... A joke. No one trusts. I mean, oh, it's the, always the, been a joke. But it's, but it's even. But they keep solidifying it. Yeah, I know. And and the, and the, the irony of the name of it. Yeah, it's named. It's called trust, and no one trusts it. Yeah, I've got screenshots of critical errors, downtimes, to for only for it to disappear and turn into like a minor, a minor, minor, minor outage. Yeah, like or, so it was like it, it gets reported as a service degradation, even though it was really a downtime. Or, or just no all the things in. that I mean, if they if it doesn't mm-hmm. rise to a massive level with an extended outage period, it never even hits trust ever. It's like I know this is down. It's totally down. Or, or like, I mean, there's, there's also there's been times when a part of the service goes down. Like, you, you like you the. I mean, there's been times when like the whole metadata system got, has gone down for a period of time. What what I don't that understand never is, shows is, up. is who's making these decisions, these decisions to downplay it in trust. I mean, why why do that? I mean, you have this platform. You I have this. Know. You have this site that's dedicated to reporting these issues and disseminating information, yet you can't go to it to, to get the information? I mean, where is that coming from? Who's, who's setting the directive that says, don't do that? Yeah. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Let's minimize that. Where's that coming from? Yeah, and I'd be interested to know, like, what, what, who, who is the, that trust team, and who do they report to? What's their governance model? What are their incentives? I mean, is it, just, is it just run by the, the sales team or the, or the CFO who their responsibility is just to s- sell more, make things look good, and make the numbers good? Because if so, then yeah, you're not going to get any truthful information out of trust. It, it has to be almost set up as like a, what do, like a, like an, you need like, like, an, like an ombudsman or like a, a client, yeah. cu- a customer representative that is like part of that team or something that can, that can do stuff, that can yeah. make decisions or force decisions. And I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm asking too much. That sounds ridiculous, even just saying it in a way. But I mean, I guess I guess some people might argue that if they're reporting a lot of issues, it might cause people not to want to go on the platform. But I, I say, that's true. I, I say the fact that that information is there, and if there is an issue, I know where to go, and I can get real information. 
it, it it's easier on me, especially since I'm depending on you. I chose you as my platform vendor. If there's an issue, I know I can go there and I can have answers for my people. Yep. That to me is a stronger selling point than, oh, look, we've never had an issue. Yeah. Look how clean this is. Yeah. It's green lights for years. Go back. Just, Click, keep all, clicking it's back. It's all whitewashed. <clears throat> so th- that's why I wonder, you know, who's, who's setting this type of perspective on it? Because I, I don't see the value in doing that. Be honest about it. None of us are expecting perfection. We know these things are going to happen. It sucks. We're not asking for it to happen. But if it does happen, I mean, we'd like to, to have the information. We're all big, big boys, right? Big boys and girls, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think Salesforce has some work to do this time to, or this time to rebuild, start rebuilding some trust. We'll see. We want to trust the trust. Well, let's move along, John. Do we, anything else to say about that? I mean, there, there was actually a decent amount of coverage considering it was negative, but you know, so I mean, Salesforce, these, some of these companies are on their own Salesforce's payroll. Didn't, didn't someone say like their stock went up even during the outage or something? <laughs> it was actually a little bit down that day, but, yeah. but it was, it was, it actually, it had gone down a little bit before this even hit the news and it never, even once it came out though, it, it never, throughout the day, it didn't get any worse ever. But I mean, you gotta keep in mind, Salesforce's stock, 89% of it is owned by like eight banks. They're not gonna. They're not gonna lower their. They're not gonna lower their own asset. <laughs> <laughs> so cynical. No, it's just it's. It's what it is. We have a community topic. You want to pivot to that? I don't know if we have time. I mean, we have to talk about Salesforce deplatforming people. We have to talk about TDX, <laughs> right? I mean, we're. No, I mean, I've got to go soon too. So we're. This is oh. you know. Um, well, let's talk about DX then. Let's. Uh, if not, I'll save this for next week. How about that? We'll give the the community topics some t- the time it deserves, and we'll save that for next week. Yeah, we, I think we should. Okay. Not that we don't like the community topics, we like them. In fact, e- email yours in today. Info at goodday.sirpodcast.com. Yeah, we, we can get them all done right next week, right? Well, we should. It'd be also, be, be kind of cool if we had enough of that content to do a just a community show. Or that's just we did almost like a a Q and A or like you know community. A community-run show, yeah, a, a, a bit of an extracurricular with within the Good Day Sir podcast, <laughs> the extra extracurricular, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or extracurricular plus plus. Mm. Uh, what? What? I need your guess. This is called Stump the Beer Nerd. Okay, uh, what beer are we drinking? Because I need to refill on the other one. I don't know what. So I don't know what these are. Um, they were all from the list you gave. Oh, they are. So this has got to be the saison of some sort. Is it? No, it's not. This is Squiggly Line. Yeah. I don't know them. I'd, I can't identify it. What, what do you I don't, think also don't it? have my list. I actually don't care for it very much. I don't either. <laughs> I really don't. What is it? There's a, it's the Tups Trailhead. <laughs> oh, this is the Trailhead. Yeah. I had to. Yeah. And for the only reason that we can say, you know, I, I need to go do some Trailhead, which means I'm going to go have a beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's a, we have a local brewery called Tups, and they have a beer called Trailhead, apparently. I wonder if, apparently. They're, I wonder if they're Salesforce fans over there. They, they started using Trailhead <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. Salesforce and... I, you know what? If they if they use Salesforce to help them sell beer, they they better watch out because uh, Salesforce is starting to deplatform people they don't agree with. I don't want to get into that. Uh, do we not? Okay. No. All right. I, I thought I was, and I had some some top some things to say about that, but I was like, this is just going to get me in trouble. Objectionable material. I'll just leave that with you. Yeah. That's the phrase. That works. Is is selling alcohol objectionable? I don't know. The, yeah, the Salesforce committee will decide whether or not you can continue to use the platform or not. Like you don't want to get to it? Okay. All and right. Benioff has used his platform in his position to champion other causes, and it seems a little hypocritical to me. That's all I'll say. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, you said we can't talk about it, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, TDX, John. How was it? First Did of you all, have a good time? Did um, you have fun? Did you step on any poop? Yeah, no. Um, I came close. Uh, Brett took me down a not good street. It was it was fine, like seemed safety wise. Like it was almost like a. You a, could throw a rock and go down a not good street. It was like a, it was like a couple <laughs> of streets down from Howard, but it was one. It was one of the minor streets. Uh-huh. And so I think that it's one of these things because it doesn't get a lot of traffic. It was a narrow street that the the poop patrol just doesn't. I don't no. think they get over there. And that's the that was the first time I saw poop, and there was a lot of it. I mean, I was dodging. It was like playing hopscotch on that sidewalk. <laughs> Um, and then (laughs) I did see some people a couple of other times on some of the main streets, but you could tell, I mean, and I don't know if this is normal or not, or if Salesforce, you know, has them do some extra cleaning or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, just something I've haven't ever seen before in my life. It's it's usually not a problem for me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's not something you normally come across. Yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't, I mean, overall, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Screamed and yelled at by by anybody. Didn't get, I did not get harassed by anyone this time. (laughs) Those are always fun. The, the key is, like, especially, do you just walk and, and ignore, <laughs> or do you run? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, the best thing to do is don't ever make eye contact. Ignore. Don't don't look. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't have a map out, like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you got to kind of look look straight forward. You just got you got to own the situation. You got to have a nice swagger to you, a little bit of strut, <laughs> like you don't kind of like you know you belong. The Spider Man strut. <laughs> I guess I don't know what that is. <laughs> um. Yeah, TDX was, I mean, so first of all, I have to say that there were a lot of people that were very disappointed you weren't there. Oh, that's nice. That's and nice to I, hear. I was also told to tell you uh, that's very selfish of you to yeah. not go. I apologize. <laughs> I'm going to start blushing and get really sad here. <laughs> very selfish of can you, Can you pour me a beer while I, so I can pour a tear into it? Well, why don't you pour yourself a beer while I continue I have to, to get up and I have cables you? everywhere. Hold on. I got to detach. Oh my gosh. Hang on. I'll just come over there. Okay. Yeah, you've got one cable to deal with. I've got like three. Well, and plus mine is like spring loaded. Anyway, it was uh, it was pretty good. Um, I spent most of my time at the extracurricular. I did go to the main keynote, and it was um, it was interesting. John, the keynote was interesting. Yeah, let me. See I would hope there. so. It's the keynote. Well, so this is a developer conference, right? It's supposed to be. But we've known that it's it was going to morph after the first time and after knowing how the developer moniker is kind of spread thin. So here, so here's basically what happened in the keynote. Um, first of all, as you're walking in, the band, that's a horrible, horrible pour. You suck. I have to do it with one hand. That beer. I have to do it with one hand. Oh. <laughs> what am I? I can't. I usually. Okay. Anyway, you're gonna turn this into so we something. so we we walk in and there's the the band that's there's always a guy that's like, like he was I think he was just playing like acoustic guitar last time but this time there was a, he was in a band I guess it was the same guy I don't know a band and he, they're singing I can tell if it was sweet code of mine or sweet org of mine but instead of sweet child of mine so again majorly bastardizing art for corporate commercial reasons I was this like, like Apex and the Limits type stuff or no what? It, was, it was there it was a band that Salesforce hires you know oh. to come in and. So, so I'm sure it's Benny, one of Benioff's friends, kind of like the ukulele guys and the the Polypanikanus and the monks and all the all these folks that Benioff is friends with. So yeah, we walk in listening to you know a, a, a such a, a iconic American song be bastardized. Um, there was the no one's above that. So, Stevie Wonder changed his lyrics, didn't he? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was that was hanging sing, hearing. Oh, I can't talk now. Well, words. Um, he, hearing. Um, you don't like that one. I do. I just I wasn't expecting the flavor. I forgot what it was. But who, now, who was now that I remember what it is, it's good again. Who was singing the? Who was the one that was a couple years ago? It was Stevie Wonder, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that was that was worse for me actually. <laughs> hearing hearing Stevie Wonder singing, Dreamforce is the sunshine of my life. I'm just like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. Because I really like Stevie Wonder. I mean, he's such a talented. I was excited, but I was I was kind of disappointed that the lyrics were being changed to. I mean, I guess you know, you you do what the guy that pays. He got you. his money anyways. He didn't I have know. to do it. I don't know. I think he was, it was, part, of, I think it was part of the deal, John. You think? <laughs> I think so. I'm throwing an extra ten if you can just toss in a few buzzwords yeah, in there. Yeah. You know, sweet org of mine, sweet code of mine. Dreamforce is the sunshine of my life. Yeah. Like we're not already being programmed enough. We got to have Stevie Wonder programming us now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there was uh, one of the announcements they made in the keynote was um, you can basically get a like a private some kind of like private like high high speed bridge between Salesforce and AWS and if it, I guess I'm not sure if it's just if you're doing they call it Lightning Private Connect. Okay. So I think it might have been if like Lightning Connect, which is is that the Postgres thing or is that the OData? That's thing? the OData thing. So something about that. Um, lots of time on you know equality in this rad women thing they have, which is a rad, rad, rad women. I can't remember now, but it's basically um, a group to promote you know women doing mm. techie things. I guess um, lots of time on that stuff. Of course, it's Salesforce. Um, LWC being open sourced. That's pretty cool. Which well, is it? I mean, or has always been open source. Did that make it any better or easier to work with, or did that ever help you? Did you ever did you ever go to the source code to find? if there was some bug or did you ever submit a patch or do the, they, the difference being that aura, you pretty much had to run your own Java server somewhere to use it. This is lightning web components. So my, all my questions still stand. Okay. And the answer is no, of course not. And, and, and again, I mean, I, I wonder because Salesforce historically is not an open source company at all. I mean, they've used a lot of open source and, and there's, I mean, they've, you know, especially with when they started wave, I mean, they, they, they've had some, they have had some significant contributions to open source, but, um, you know, when, with Salesforce open sourcing Lightning Web, what does that mean? Does that mean they're just, they, they plopped out? Because first of all, they, they didn't develop this in the open that I know of, right? If you go look at when they created that repository, it's probably just a couple of weeks ago. Or, hmm. so, they, so it wasn't developed in the open. It was thrown over the fence to GitHub. And is, is that where they're going to run the project now? Is it going to be like a, a committee? Um, or is it... That's to be seen, right? Yeah. Is, so, is it is it open source or is it just source available? And a, and a lot of companies that again aren't open source companies, like like a Red Hat is or whatever, they don't get this. They don't get it. And I don't know who their open source. Do they have an open source ambassador now that James Ward is gone? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I'd be you know if there was, it'd be interesting to just talk to talk to them about what what how how does Salesforce plan on running this and. Yeah, is, this, is this a trend? Are they going to do this with other things? Are they going to are they going to actually be developing things in the open? I mean, some things that Salesforce does. I mean, they've got some of their packages they've developed like completely in the open. Heda or Eda now or Eda, whatever they call it. I don't know. There's a lot of these things that they they develop yeah. in the open. I think that I think the mobile toolkit is developed in the open. Maybe I'm not actually sure. I mean, at some point, it's like when are they actually pushing code? Are they like are they, are they doing significant like when they um, like new features that they don't push publicly until they want to announce them? Because if so, that's not, that's, again, that's not really open source. 
Um, let's see. A big, there was a huge mule soft pitch in the in the keynote. Um, lots of Parker j- kind of trying to gin up tweets about um, about the about Trailhead DX. Like the conference wanted, he wanted so to like get, they're just standing up there saying, "Hey, everyone, tweet this right now." Yeah, yeah. It's like he wanted to create a trending, like a you know, show up in oh, trending or something. It's gross. And then, uh, and then blockchain. They announced the blockchain. Oh, thing. that's right, blockchain. Yeah. And so that was blockchain. All the things, right? That's that was that was Trailhead DX. As that far as it? those were, the, I mean, that was the keynote. Those were the major announcements. There might have been. I didn't again. I didn't get to go to the other things. I didn't see anything about packages, packaging. So I don't know if they just there. Were, if packaging was just completely MIA this year, or oh. if I just missed it. But I've heard. I've seen several other people asking, and there's no no one like no one saw anything about packaging, which is disappointing because there's a lot of work that still needs to be done on packaging. Yeah, I'm sure they're still working on it. Probably they just were probably weren't ready to announce anything. I would right. imagine. It's one of those things like you try and, but sometimes if it's just not ready, like, yeah, we can, we're not going to make it this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd rather I, them not say something than say something. I, well, that's up to them because they don't want to. No, I mean, I, it, it sucks to get an announcement like a year out of something that you're not going to see. Well, that's for, true. Well, it also year. sucks to announce something and then have to pull it back. And it right. happens sometimes. I saw the other day, Chris Peterson had to like pull something back that they had announced and I think it's the second time they had to pull it back but I mean it's it happens and 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 that's that's the price you pay with openness and and people should also be a little a little understanding yeah, they should if the yeah. more open they're going to be the more you're going to see how the sausage is made and you need to be a little bit of a big a big boy or girl about it yeah and understand that you're going to you're seeing things early right and don't build your business around things that aren't GA yet it's just not smart it's hard though because you're like this is this is cool. This solves a lot of problems. Please as, make as it happen. As long as you and or if you have a client, uh, if, as long as you guys are fully under uh, aware of 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 the of contingencies, right? Like this yeah. may go away, and we can't use it. If so, how are we going to handle that? Have a plan for that. Uh, this may, when it comes out, you got your shivs. When they actually, yeah, when, shiv in there. <laughs> when they actually make a GA, maybe it's going to cost way more than we can afford. If so that happens, what are we going to do? You know. Yeah. So there's, you know, as long as you, I mean. As long as you understand those things, you're, you know, it's okay. But I, I, so did you make it to any sessions? Did you get, did you, I know you kind of said it, it didn't really seem like a developer is losing its developer conference. So, so I would say that I'm saying that purely based on the keynote. Okay. Cause I really did not go to many sessions. I stopped in on a couple. Too much beer, huh? No beer. <laughs> hey, I made it there on time every day. Did you? Even when I didn't feel like it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was just, there was the, to me this year, the announce, the announcements are what was the weak part of the conference. I don't know that TDX should be about announcements. I really don't want it to be. I want it to be about developers, networking, conversing, sharing things. I mean, that's what I want. Maybe, maybe so. So maybe I'm, I don't need like a big marketing push on some new feature that they're going to use to sell licenses. I want to converse and nerd out on developer stuff. So, okay. And that's, that's, I think that's fair. Uh, but the reality is that Salesforce does use it for announcements. They've announced stuff there, the previous conferences, and they announced stuff this time. It's just stuff that I don't really care about that much. Like I don't mm. care really that I don't care if LWC is open source or not, especially if it's not really going to be open source. If it's really going to be open source, then I care a little bit more um, because there are times when I mean, like a lot of the these Apache projects and things that I build stuff on with Java. I mean, I get into the source code and I find bugs and I submit patches, or at least I know how to work around stuff. And that's that's one of the super valuable things about open source. Mm-hmm. And that's the benefit, even, even if Salesforce is really just doing source available, it's not, they're not really running it like an open source company. I mean, at least you can still get in and d- dig into the source code and 
yeah. and learn more about how it behaves, um, maybe performance things, or if you th- if you think there might be a bug, obviously logging your case with support is not going to help you. But if you can dig into the source code yourself, you know you might be able to find out what's going on. You know, yeah. So that's that's nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, so what were the big so so LWC being open source? You care about that? Does it change your life or it doesn't change my life? No, it, it might be good. It, I mean, there's some benefits to that. It's um, to me that's a very minor thing though. Like compared to LWC itself, it's a it's it's a little, you know, <laughs> it's a little thing. Um, blockchain, Mm-mm. yeah. Um, the Lightning Private Connect. I probably will never have a client that will be able to use that. Um, MuleSoft. So I haven't really learned MuleSoft. I'm happy with my the t- stacks of things that I already use. One of these days, I'll probably have a client that's like, hey, no, we want to do MuleSoft, and I'll go learn MuleSoft. And I'm sure it's fine. It's probably great. I mean, it's based on... Just learn hell, it's, hell, it's based, based on... Um, it's based on all these Apache things. Yeah, but still... No, no, it's major. And, and, and MuleSoft is similar to like, like the Camel stack or some of these other things in which... I think particularly MuleSoft. What you find out, especially to do, like, to do real integrations, you know, ones that are fairly interesting, mm-hmm. you basically have to have like a senior Java engineer. You know, yeah, it's, and they do have like a little draggy droppy designer thing, but look at anyone actually working with software, they're down to the XML, which is kind of unfortunate. I actually avoid integration tools that, that I don't have an option other than XML. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, the problem with tooling is it can't be as expressive as, as, as commands exactly. for some reason. And it just, it breaks down at some yeah. point, you know. So at least having the option, even, even if it is in an XML file or something, which I would, Prefer it be more JSON or something, but still, yeah, some kind of or um, I don't even want it to be data. I want it, I I like I tend to like DSLs, mm. so like maybe a you know JavaScript or Java or Groovy or some kind of DSL to build because um, you get especially in a typed language. So I actually prefer a static language um, because your your IDE can help you. You're just like building all these yeah. things, and your IDE is like you hit dot and you can see what you can do next. Right. That's nice. But um, yeah, that was it. Um, let's see. I went to a, oh, I guess you guys went to another keynote, and so they have they have some. I guess what is this CL? This oh, the CLI for like org commands is going GA. Mm-hmm. Even, oh no, what am I talking about? Dot org. I don't even know what I'm talking about here. Sorry, my notes are not good. Try to take notes on my phone. Um. Have- oh oh, I know. Here's here's one that was this was this is gonna be nice, especially for. Oh, for me. I, can't, I can't say I can't really talk about that, but uh, any ISVs, particularly. But they've made so you know have you have to do basically all this manual um, field level security management if you're an ISV, especially. Mm-hmm. There's now I, I think um, I can't remember who announced this. It might have been Chris P- Chris Peterson, but there's a um, it's basically just like a a method you can call that just does it all for you. Does what for you? It just like. Checks all the field level security, I guess, for the, the current user context and just like strips off anything they don't have access to. Oh, that's in the SQL statement, isn't it? It looked like it was an Apex method call, but really? Yeah. So you no, can, this, and this is new. You haven't seen this. You've never seen this before. Yeah, but I thought I heard someone talking about or saw someone mentioning it. Is it, is it a method where you get a, get a set of data and you pass it through this filter or is it something different? I think it's something different. Okay. I'll have to look into that. Um, oh, the local development thing. You hear about that? No. So is this for, for Lightning Web Components? It, it is. Okay. And it, it's minimal, but basically you can run um, web components, or I guess components, maybe it's just Lightning Components, and also Flexi Pages, hmm. 
what locally um that'd be cool i always have to freaking create a uh, like a page that i call sandbox page and i put my components on it and i, I make sure that i make it publicly available all the, the the public uh, all all page type interfaces so that i can put my components and this is aura but i can put all my components there and just test them you know, without context. Yeah, and there's, I can see, because the thing is, it's not really connected to Salesforce. You're not logged into Salesforce. Like, you're running locally. And it, you're not running Salesforce locally, right? Yeah, I just need to, I just need some, to, just to some, my components so I can play around with it and okay. debug it and just kind of work, prototype it, yeah, basically. Yeah, well, so that's that's what this will be useful for. And yeah. I, you know, I was I was talking to people, and I'm trying not, I'm trying not to, like, downplay. I'm trying to put it in the right context. It's not, it's useful, but it's also very limited. Yeah. No. I mean, I wouldn't see it for anything other than prototyping, and that's really my main concern. Yeah. Is th- there are points now, in the design process where I want to see this component, I want to interact with it, I want to see if I'm making the right design decisions, or if I'm, or my idea just doesn't make sense, like it's way too many clicks or something, or it doesn't render it, it, in my head. It looks better than it actually does when yeah. I put it in paper on the computer. They were talking about having a pr- proxy service, and I don't think it's available yet. But they're developing like a, some kind of proxy that proxies, like if you're running them locally. It'll actually proxy any calls back to Salesforce, hmm. but then, and I don't, I just don't know the details of that or how that would be useful. Like, why would you not just be running them in Salesforce? I guess because you could, you don't have to worry about getting them into Salesforce yet. Maybe something like that. I'd rather like, not. I mean, I, I, if they're going to use it for data, I'd rather have some kind of st- stub or mocking library that lets me about kind of produce data. And I think maybe out of the out of the gate, you there's some kind of there might be some kind of like stubbing or mocking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I mean, I'm sure it's like you know it's going to be version one. They'll they'll probably continue to improve it, or you would hope so. I mean, that's exciting to see that there's going to be more local support. I mean, it, it shows that they listen to the fact that we say we need this. So I, I do have one uh, feed. I have a piece of feedback for the Trailhead team, and they're around the badges. Oh. The Trailhead DX team, sorry, the conference team, the events team. Um, the little. So you have the you're wearing the what's it called a lanyard, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and it was a double clipped lanyard. It wasn't just clipped in the middle. There was two clips, so they kind of clipped onto the outside of your badge on the on the oh. top two top corners of your badge. Yep. But they were real loose. Uh, they were, and and they were. It was like metal on metal in a way. So it's almost like everyone was wearing like a tambourine around their neck. And so you'd be in the middle of a session, and especially if there's like a couple hundred people in there. I mean, every time someone moves, it's jingling. And then in a session or in your room with a lot of people, it's it's nonstop jingling, mm. nonstop jingling. I wonder if if having those two on on either side is to prevent it from flipping, so that your face and your name is always up front. That's useful. Yeah, that's actually useful because the, the ones that just clip in the middle, like they yeah, get all flipped they around. Flipped. Yeah. yeah. So that that was, I get the design of it. It's just the way that the the clips were freely moving about. They were. I don't. I'm trying to think. I, I'd have to see it again now. I, I, I can't visualize what they were because it was metal on metal clanging. So, so there's probably a ring hooked up to a hook. That's what it was, or to a clamp. Yeah, and those those two were clanging yep. together. Yeah. But so, you can't use plastic. That's not green enough. But otherwise, you need to be able to recycle that I know, stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but otherwise, I mean, it's well well run event. I mean, there was actually sufficient water, and because it's been God, was it Dreamforce? Can't remember. There's been events where I can't I can't find water like all day, and just I'm dying. I've never had a shortage of water at Dreamforce. Now, if you wanted something special, like like the special juices or coffees, where you had to go listen to a to a sales pitch for oh, <laughs> that Dreamforce, I did that to get coffee a couple <laughs> of years you? ago? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that was that was DX for me. Um, oh, how was the extracurricular? So extracurricular was really good. All the talks were really good. Yeah, everything went 
really well. A lot of engagement, a lot of, lot of, a lot of people in seats. There was. It, it's interesting. I mean, I've, I think I've evolved, my my thought on this format, at least some of the specifics, has evolved a little bit. I, I think I realized that really the panel is there just to get people warmed up in terms like the the audience. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people are, are just shy about getting up and asking questions, or if the, hearing the panel talk about it and and getting doing Q and A with the speaker, if that helps them think of questions they have. I think so. Like it, I can see in that. In most of the talks, especially the earlier ones, it took the panel asking questions for a little bit before, and then the audience would get engaged, and then, then it goes like, you go to the full, you use the full time. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, there were a couple of talks. In fact, uh, the one, um, the talk that I was the uh, moderator on, I mean, people, people were chomping at the bit. Like, I had to like, I mean, I think the speaker had just wrapped up, and it was, um, the talk was on, uh, it was actually really cool. It was like a, I think it was a, a React app. Was that wasn't state management though? That was that was just no. Using it was, I mean, we actually it touched on state management a little bit. And I actually, I actually think I asked a question about state management. Oh, because Lacey was on that panel with you, right? And he did state management last year. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah, I think the question I asked it was like almost was connecting those. Yeah, those two. But yeah, but I mean, the speaker's barely done doing his thing, and I, I got I got guys running up to the microphone just and they didn't wait to anything they're just asking questions like whoa hang on a minute that's because, awesome because we're supposed to let the panel like start off with some questions yeah so yes yeah, so that, I mean, that was good the 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 fact that that level of energy was there was good that's awesome yeah yeah um yeah I mean Chuck I mean I don't know who ought to give credit to obviously Chuck I mean he worked his ass off um, yeah I mean because you and I kind of got a front row seat to see how much work he put into this over yeah. the past couple of months. I mean, really, just like relentless every day, um, from all the st- all the communication that had to happen with Salesforce, which I actually I didn't see, but I know there was a ton of it, right? Mm-hmm. So he's managing all that, and then also he's you know kind of lead on all of the um, the the call for papers and reviewing papers. And I know we had a kind of a committee, which I didn't really participate in because I just didn't have time. I did, yeah, you did. Um, but just that, the whole selection thing, and then and then he was you know coached. He did. Um, Run throughs with with the speakers and coach them, and yeah. I heard several speakers say that Chuck really dramatically improved their talk. That's awesome. Um, that's and true. of course, then he the I know wow that's me today. <laughs> and of course, you know he, the, the the two whole days of Trailhead X, he's just he's glued to that that extracurricular room, running the whole thing. He's the MC on all the events, mm-hmm. so he you know he's running everything. And yeah. yeah, he was. So we all big round of applause to Chuck. <laughs> we we all owe him. Three. God almighty. <laughs> we all owe him a, a, a debt of gratitude and our thanks. Yeah. He, he really He really did he most really of, just, a I mean, lot of most of the work. I mean, I, I, we did have a committee and we did our parts, but Chuck really is what drove a lot of that. Well, Chuck and Tom both, they both were really instrumental in kind of getting this going and having those conversations that, that those of us in the committee were just kind of filling the gaps and kind of doing some grunt work for them, but Yeah, and I don't know who all to thank so thanks to Tom too. I don't the, the mysterious Tom, because um, <laughs> I, I know he was helping too, and he yeah. doesn't even come to these events, so you know, so that's very nice of him. And there's a lot of other people. I don't want to. I don't want to go on a list here because you might forget someone. Yeah, I will. I certainly <laughs> will. Um, and, and honestly, I mean, there's. I know there's a lot of work being people contributing to this that I don't, I'm not even aware of. So, yeah. but in general, I mean, you know, not only to Chuck and them setting that up, but everyone who submitted, made submissions, and put their talks forward, and took that time to sit with us and have a conversation about the talk, even if you weren't selected. I mean, it was a really hard decision. When we sat down and we we looked at what we covered and, and gave our feedback, it got really hard in a lot of a lot of parts because there was just so much good stuff. Yeah. 
And we got, we generally got excited and into it. And we're like, I can't wait to hear that. I can't wait to hear that. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. But there was a lot of one, a lot of the ones that I heard that I was like, I want to be there. I want to sit there. I don't think I'm going to make it to any other sessions. They were all worth it. I mean, they were good. Yeah. Um, and I will say, you know, if you submitted a talk this year and it didn't get accepted, you know, just definitely submit one next year. Submit, get, you know, start your ideas now and submit because we had a lot of, especially the um, the quick talks. I think a lot of them were kind of first time speakers, and there's a lot of people. Who, I mean, I think everybody. How the quick talks go? I love they went really well. Yeah, did we get a lot of first time speakers? Because that's that's really what I've I really think, wanted. I think there were, um, and I won't name any names, but there were some people that I was that I was talking with right before their talks, and they were you know people get you know you kind of get nervous and yeah. Um, so there's you know some people that got you know quite nervous, but they get up there and just you know I think once you get up there and you start talking, it's it's more the anticipatory nerves versus once you're yeah. up there doing it. Um, but everyone did great. I mean, and that's what I want to see. Cause I remember when I first started speaking, I was a wreck always. Yeah. Oh, but I, once I got up there and started talking, it got better. Right. And the more you do it, it gets better. So yeah. Yeah. getting someone to get up there and do their first five minutes, that's, that's big. And that's, that's quick talks. I mean, they're just five minutes or less really. Um, it's no, it's not a problem if you end early, really. Um, but those, those are a great, way for people who don't have a lot of experience or are a little bit nervous. I mean, anyone, I'm pretty sure anyone can get up there and mm-hmm. talk about something for three or four or five minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, you don't, have to, you don't have to deal with, there's no, there's no Q&A, so you don't have to worry about anyone grilling you on anything or, or checking your knowledge or whatever. You don't have to deal with any of that. So it's, yeah. you know, if, if it's the a audience good, it's isn't a, as scary as you think. A lot of times there's a light in your face and you can't see anybody anyways. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I, would, I would recommend, I mean, if, if people who didn't submit or if you did submit, you know, definitely... If, if we do this again next year, it's, it, it, those all went really well. And I think it was a really good platform for people who are just starting out, kind of do it with the whole speaking thing. So um, I would encourage people to do it again next year. But yeah, it was, it was good. I, of course I got sick and really, you hit got me, sick? it really hit me the second day. Yeah. I was oh. struggling. I didn't, I don't think I really said anything to anyone, but man, the, I took the red eye home. It was that Friday morning, I guess it Thursday night slash Friday morning. Uh-huh. My throat hurt so bad that, I mean, I was so tired and I was, I was trying to sleep and I did fall asleep, but I just, my throat pain, it kept waking me up. Was it just from talking so much? No, or? no, no. I had a cold. You had a cold. Oh. And I got the cold before I left. I got it at home before I left. Oh, no. I, know, I knew, I knew I was, I knew I was probably going to have a cold just based on what was happening in my house. So anybody who was kissing on Jeremy, you can blame I, I, him for your sickness. You can ask people I was hanging out with. I made sure I did not let anyone drink after me, or I didn't drink after anyone. Um, so if someone got sick from me, that was, I don't know. That's the, I don't think anyone did. I, I, I tried, I was very careful with this. So, and I, and I was careful never to touch my own face. So if I shook someone's hand or whatever, I'm not yeah. spreading my germs. Well, it's a good thing I didn't go. And I'm a, I was supposed and to I'm, room with and you. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a like pathological um, sanitizer. Yeah. You buy the big Costco I jug, do. and I go through like a fast gallon jug of <laughs> hand sanitizer, <laughs> and I'll, I have like bottles of it in my bag that I carry with me everywhere. So, yeah, yeah it was good. It was good. I mean, it's again. I, I left thinking I, the content I was in the announcements. I was a little disappointed with, but overall, it's, it's still it's still the it's still a conference I would want to go back to. Unlike Dreamforce, it's just Dreamforce is not for me. Not for yeah. people like me. Way too crowded. Way too expensive content. That's just not. Catered. I'm not, you know, not for me. I don't need to. I'm not trying to sell anything to anyone. I'm, you know, I even find networking hard at Dreamforce because there's so many people. Yeah, it's too. It's like too. It's overwhelming, right? So it's yeah. Still, I mean, I'll you know, if they have it again next year, that's something I'd I'll, I'll look at going to if I can. Yeah, I'm hoping next year maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll have a better, uh, better schedule and a, a better situation that I can make it to some of these 
But I'm curious of what we missed. I'm curious if, if anybody went to an event or heard an announcement that we didn't talk about that that they really just resonated with them or you know, I, I went to the awesome. um the night before I went to the there's like an MVP meetup and it was, Did a, you go to that? it was like the Trailhead Bar and Grill or something. I was like curious if you, if you went to that. How yeah. was that? I think I got there a little late. It was Okay. And and some people had I think people were already leaving. But I, it was cool. I, I hung out there for an hour. Yeah. Um, I met Jody M. Nice. There, yeah. So we hung out for a I while. I haven't met Jody. So yeah. I still want to, that's still on my bucket list. Uh, let's Hang see. Hang out with Jody. Yeah. There's, there was, I again, I don't want to start naming people because I'll forget someone. But no, I, I talked to a lot of people there. It, it was cool. There's actually a Trailhead Tavern. It's in Salesforce's yeah, building, but it's, that's, it's, that's it's in that a new full building. bar. It's, it's in that new building. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it. Did we? Yeah. Okay. I talked about it. I forgot. See, you don't listen to me. I just, you know, well, can you blame me? Yes. No. No, I can't. Sorry. I didn't get any of the second beer. I'm still nursing this. Well, you, here, you have to drink it. Or just, here, let me pour it, and then you can drink from the no. bottle. Well, let's let's go ahead and wrap up. Because yeah. I got to get out of here. I have to go pick a car up. Oh, that's um, right. I heard that. Anyway, so we've got, we, we'll hold over some content, and then we'll maybe do some, our community questions next week. So if you have Maybe a, we will. Yeah, w- well, we will, I guess. Um, <laughs> I can be noncommittal in so many different ways. <laughs> <laughs> we will, I guess. <laughs> um, but if you, uh, listener, dear listener, if you have a question that you would like us to answer on the show or just an idea for something you want us to cover, email us. I talked about this, but info at gooddayserpodcast.com. We love getting those. I love having community input be a part of the show. I just wish we got more of it. Um, otherwise, uh, we have a Slack um, so come join our Slack if you're not in there yet. I know there's a lot of people that listen that aren't in, so you know who you are. Uh, just go to our website, again, gooddayserpodcast.com, and click on community and do the thing it tells you to do. Doesn't hurt anything to join. You can be a lurker. That's true. And there's, there's no fees or subscriptions. And uh, we don't, yet, we don't I'm collect, about to collect any like data. a $10 an entrance fee or something. Yeah, yeah. You'll see. You know. Um, <laughs> what else, John? Like us, uh, reviews. Would love to see a review come through if we could. Yep. I haven't seen one of those in a while. I do pay for a service that... Uh, Collects those for me, so it'd be nice to, to, to get a little ROI the, on the, that. The price per <laughs> review has started has must be quite high at this point. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so. All right, John. Well, I'm glad to see you again. It's been it's been like a month. It feels like it's been a month. I know. I think I'm fatter. <laughs> I've been stress eating. <laughs> I probably am fatter. That's a general. Uh, I had to travel. That's when you notice you've gotten fatter. Is when you have to travel and you have to put on the monkey suit. You're like, oh, I got fatter. To me, it's it's like an it's an invariant at this point to use a uh, CS term that I'm getting fatter. I have to buy those stretchy pants because I never know if I'm going to be fat or skinny. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, summer started, so I've got to like um, order. Like, okay, you know, I pull up my shorts. I'm like, well, these aren't going to fit. I guess I'm ordering new shorts again. I, get, I look at Amazon. When did I buy shorts last? The same time last year. <laughs> <laughs> just start collecting them. Yep. Yep. I, you know, I just give them away. I give them away. I don't want to wear your stinky. So, no, these aren't swim shorts, are they? No, no, no. Oh, they're okay. sh- just short shorts. They're short nice. Shorts. I mean, they're like short not, shorts? No, sh- just shorts. <laughs> shorts. Regular shorts. You wear no, shorts. In shorts. Their, you know, Jeremy wears short shorts. I mean, I give away plenty of like, just like perfect. Quote, almost brand new, like khaki shorts and things. Like, I mean, someone, someone will, you know, get a lot of use out of that. So I always like to, I'd rather give stuff away than hoard it thinking I may wear it again three years from now. You know, just yeah. give it away. It's like, you're like that too. Don't say you're not. You, you don't, you don't hoard stuff. Oh, no. You get no. rid of stuff. No, I get rid of stuff. Yeah. Anyway. All right, John. That's all, that's all we got for today. Huh? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, what? Wait, wait, wait. What? You, you got a gift. I did. I did? Yeah. It's from Scott. I want, I don't know if he wants me to say his last name, so I won't. Um, 
You ready? You got you a book. Oh, is this the picture? Oh, this is the picture. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. Oh, you so you saw this? It was it was sent my, on Slack, I think. My code to my life and a memoir on John DeSantis. Oh, I gotta see this. Like, iterative see. logic. Give it, give it, give it. Why does it say iterative logic? I don't know, your... No, I know that's my, your blog, my blog, yes, but and then of course I got the, the the college textbook manual to human resource management. <laughs> well, you know we've got what is this? Oh, I don't know. It's just probably some <laughs> something he found what the hell to, to is go this? around. I, now I'm gonna have to read this whole thing. No, you don't. Pre-treatment. That's, that's not the way this works. Development John. federal level. Right. Oh, I got to read this whole thing now. <laughs> yeah. No, this is awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is so awesome. Yep. You know no, what I really good. like is the the my code shirt. Now I know I said that was mine. Don't make shirts, but I like that shirt. Yeah, I actually ordered. I I, I got them already. I Did got, you? I ordered my, one for me and one for my. I got I ordered the developer soup. And then I got. We're, we're never gonna try to make money off this podcast. I'm no, sorry. What's I called if, happy soup? The happy soup. I wonder if we hand over licensing the Good Day Sir logo for shirts since what's, we're never trying to make money off this. What's the shirt side called? Shirt Force. Shirt Force. Yeah. So should good. we hand, should we should we license Good Day Sir to Shirt Force? <laughs> nah, you tell me. Um, we're not trying to make money. I was so. gonna say something else. Oh, the the um, the meetup was very well attended. I feel like we took up like half of McKellar. Oh, that's right. You gotta there tell me what my share there. is of that or my. My that's bill, true. Yeah. My bill is because I'm the uh, one that sponsors it. I did. Uh, I thought a lot of people did not take advantage. I mean, really? Well, for a while, I was stuck in the back of a booth, this really long booth, and I was trying to tell people, I was like, hey, the, John said the first round's on him, so just like yeah. put it on my tab. And um, some people did. I think it was like 100 bucks. That's or it? Maybe 120. Oh, you lightweights. I know. I just think a lot of people didn't know or didn't hear about okay. it. Or, so. And it was so, I mean, it's, not only did we have a lot of people in there, but it was crowded in general. I mean, but we ended up getting like, Two or three tables, and there's just tons of people that were just like standing area only. Nice, yeah. Well, there was a huge, uh, it was like a huge dot org contingent there. Um, like s- at least seven or eight of them. Huh. It's just cool. Anyway, oh. but yeah, I, I appreciate everyone coming out. That was really cool. I was like getting to, you know, to meet people, meet yeah. people, and then also you know see people that I've met before. It's it's a good time to catch up. So that was fun. I'm glad everyone came to that. Well, appreciate it. And, and if you didn't come, shame on you. <laughs> I won't name any names, but <laughs> name and shame. We should do that. Yeah. All right, well, John. And to that, I say yep. good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.